Well, everyone, welcome back to the Practical Theism Podcast. My name is Josh Smith. I am your host, and I'm excited to be back here in the virtual booth with Dave Brunsman, good friend of mine. Uh, been on uh, several episodes thus far, and just such a good guy to have on here. We're going to dive into a really cool topic today, but first, welcome Dave back to the podcast. Thanks. I appreciate you having me back again, Josh. Thanks. It's always good, man. We have some good conversations, and I, I love to, to chop it up with you, so I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you know, today we're going to talk about something that I've, I, I've, you hear this thrown out a lot, especially if you're on uh, any kind of spiritual journey in the Christian life, um, and there seems to be some validity to it, so I, I, I thought it would be really good for us to dive into this in case some listeners are experiencing this, and this idea that the attacks, like Satan's attacks, um, they, they, he attacks you more the closer you get to Jesus, the attacks of Satan, uh, the closer you get to Jesus. So I thought it'd be interesting to start off just from a, a Christian theistic perspective. Who exactly is Satan? When we're using that term, what are we referring to? Yeah, so uh, who is Satan? So I'm going to blow your mind theologically here. Love for a minute, it. Let's Josh. do it. <laughs> here we go. Ready? Satan sucks, man. Like, <laughs> sucks. How's that for theology? It's great. Um, so. <laughs> Start off with a joke, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think that there's a lot of confusion about Satan. Yeah. Uh, Satan has been tied traditionally to another name, uh, Lucifer. Yeah. And he was, and who that was is he was a very, very powerful angel created by God. And, you know, there's a few theologies about this, uh, you know, about how this powerful angel got separated from God in the way that he did. Um, one theory is that Satan heard about God's plan for humanity in that uh, God wanted to have humans share in his divinity, and Satan became jealous, rebelled against God, was cast down into hell. Got it. Um, another one that a lot of people might say is that it was pride which caused Satan to reject God because he wanted to be God himself um, and to be thrown. And then because of that, he was thrown down from heaven with his demons. Um, I think the idea there is that he wanted to be like God. The bottom line, though, is that he was a really powerful angel and he rejected God. And, you know, Satan's kingdom... The, the problem with it is that it's a lie. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he wants to be like God, but he is no God. Only God is God. Yeah. Um, Satan is a created being by God, which by definition means that God has dominion over it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've heard that too. You know, he's a fallen angel, this jealousy thing, mm -hmm. right? Which is interesting to me. I, this is kind of a little bit of a curveball when we talk about Satan as an angel who had this kind of jealousy thing, because we often hear about the angels as being in kind of a perpetual, like, glorify and honor state with God, right? Mm -hmm. And we have this angel who seemed to have kind of his own will of and device against this. Um, I, I'm, I'm not totally sidebar question. I just popped into my head. What do you make of that? Well, I, I think that that, I, I know, you know, that's one of those mysteries that you can't yeah. really wrap your head around. But I think that that argument right there gives a lot of validity to the theory that Satan heard what God's plan for humanity was, mm. and he became enraged with jealousy. Mm. Because, you know, angels are not divine. Yeah. And God creating this being that walks around on the earth and God says, you know, I want you to be divinized. Yeah. That, I, I, 
yeah. in my fallen human nature, I can understand where you could have a case and say, wait a minute, I'm up in heaven. You want them to be divinized and to share with your divinity? Why can't I share with your divinity? Yeah. I, so I think that that concept, what you're asking about, it actually lends very well to that theory that yeah. I mentioned prior. I don't, I don't know how it would work that someone, that a being in heaven could have a negative thought. I, I don't understand how that would work either, and I, I don't really know how I yeah. could comment further on that, unfortunately. Yeah, good good conversation, topic for another conversation that we'll have to dive into at some point. But I'll have to think about that yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> think about that one. I'm going to put it on your radar. Uh, sure. But from your perspective, though, how, how do we understand what and who Satan is? Yeah, um, I think the best place to look at and understand what Satan is, is to go straight to the Bible. That's where we have the best understanding yeah. of him. Um, you know, so I use this word, Lucifer, um, which means morning star or light bearer. Interesting, though, mm. interestingly, though, the Lucifer name isn't really correct. Um, you know, he was never exactly called Lucifer. It's I think it's just kind of like this way that language develops. Yeah. And then this name kind of sprung out. Uh, what happens is that that name Lucifer is actually connected to a verse in Isaiah. Mm -hmm. And what, it's, what the verse says in Isaiah, how you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. That O day star in uh, the Latin or the Greek, I can't remember which one right now, but that sounds like the word Lucifer. Mm. Oh, sorry, it's in Latin. O day star translates to Lucifer. Okay, and so and you know, I look at that Lucifer title, and it's I it's ironic to me because you know, Lucifer means light bearer, and he is the prince of darkness. Yeah, yeah. And so there's an irony to that, which I think is kind of interesting. The other couple ways to look at this uh, being is, uh, you know, he has this name called Satan. Mm. Well, Satan is a Hebrew word, which means the accuser or the adversary. Mm -hmm. And then you also have this word that describes this being called the devil. Mm -hmm. And the devil is Greek, which translates loosely to the divider. The divider. So, yeah. you know, I would look at these things and I would say, well, you know, Satan is the original terrorist. <laughs> and, you know, I, yeah. I love talking about this guy. One of my favorite authors is uh, C.S. Lewis. I grew yeah. up on the Narnia books. I, I, I wrote him, even though I didn't know he was dead. <laughs> when I was in elementary school, I wrote C.S. Lewis. So I just love this guy. Yeah. One of his one of his scribes was gracious enough to write me back. But anyway, C.S. Lewis, uh, he wrote a book called The Screwtape Letters. Yeah. And in the screw tape letters, it's you know the, it's a story about a junior demon receiving mm. direction from a senior demon. And here's a quote from the screw tape letters: "Is the loveliest trick of the devil is to persuade you that he does not exist." Mm. And you know, I think that's just a that just sums it up so well. A lot of people try to quote that, um, and and they actually get it wrong. They're actually inadvertently quoting the usual suspects with verbal kint. Mm. Uh, referencing Kaiser Soze, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Yeah. That's actually not C.S. Lewis. Got it. Um, that's, that's the usual suspects. Yeah. But anyway, here's what I would say about uh, you know, how do we understand what Satan is. I'd say not only has the devil convinced the world that he doesn't exist, but that God stinks as a father. Like mm. he has convinced us that God stinks as a father, that his son is irrelevant, and that Christianity is boring. Mm. 
Wow. That's, I mean, that's really powerful. You, you know, one of the things that I think about too, I've heard that name, you know, the Satan, the great, div- or the, uh, the divider, mm-hmm. right? The devil, mm-hmm. the great divider. Um, I've heard of also the great scatterer is another term that I've heard, mm-hmm. you know? So you have this idea of God as the unitive aspect. Everything's just mm-hmm. one in God. It, it brings people yeah. together, but then you have the devil, which is this, you know, person, divisive, this aspect. divisive aspect. So he drives people away from each other, drives wedges mm-hmm. into each other, or in between people, couples, and relationships, right? Whereas God wants this communio, this communion aspect, yeah. right? Um, well, and that, that, Josh, that speaks so well into this doctrine of original sin, mm. because God, you know, he created Adam and Eve in this idea of communio, having communion, full yeah. communion with God. And then what happened is Satan comes into the Garden of Eden, convinced Eve to eat from the tree, and basically declared war yeah. on humanity. Mm. And this is a war we've been fighting ever since. And here's the thing, you know, it sounds so dire, but it's true. And we need to really take heed of this. Yeah. You know, we were born, every human being was born into darkness because of Adam and Eve. And we need God to come out of it through our baptism. Yeah. So we're born a child of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, I, I think about it this way too. Because you mentioned um, these things that kind of pull you away from 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 God, right? So I've had this idea, and I think I've heard this as an argument levied against um, uh, against kind of the theology, I guess, of God and of Satan in particular. Because I know there are some, if I'm not mistaken, there's some Christian traditions that don't believe Satan exists, like he's not a thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So this idea that, uh, like, is Satan just a projection of all the bad in the world? You know, like when, when something evil happens or something bad happens to us, people are just lumping that in with Satan. Like, from your perspective, is Satan just a projection of all the bad in the world? It, the minute something bad happens... Is Satan necessarily involved in that, or are his demons involved in that? Would you say? Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that everything bad in the world is, you know, directly related to. Well, you know, Satan made that happen. I think that we can trace it back to the Garden of Eden and say because of what Satan did, you know, sin mm-hmm. exists in the world, and because sin exists in the world, these bad things in the world can happen. Um, but, you know, I would say, you know, Satan is very real. Um, you know, he's the father of lies. He perverts the truth in mm-hmm. a way that, you know, you doubt the truth. And I know this is one of those things I talk about all the time, but, you know, look at this idea that we have going on rampant today, this idea of relativism, your truth versus my truth, and there's no truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the devil is there in that stuff for sure, because what he's doing with this relativistic idea is he's dividing and perverting the truth so that you don't even know that there is one. And so, you know, I would say he's very active in the world. He preys on your doubts. Um, and then he makes you question your worth. God's goodness, you know, he makes you question God's goodness. He makes you question everything that's good in the world. And, you know, I would go back though, cause you're asking me, you know, how do you know if Satan's real? And I would say, well, you know, how do you know God is real? Mm-hmm. You know, I can say God's real yeah. and you go to an atheist and here's, he's like, no, God's not real. Yeah. Well, we actually have a problem because Christians, we can't 
scientifically explicitly prove that God exists. Yeah. We can infer mm -hmm. God's existence based on certain facts, mm -hmm. but the problem is that God lives outside of space and time, which we don't have access to because we're here in space and time. Yeah. And we can't prove that definitively. So, and this is the same thing with Satan. Satan uh, lives outside of space and time, but he acts within the earth, within mm -hmm. the world. Um, they're both, you know, God and Satan are both in the world working. Uh, the difference is, in thinking about this question, the, the big difference is that Satan pushes himself onto you and he manipulates you to choose him, whereas God gives you free will and says, you choose me when you're ready. Yeah. Like, he'll give you free will to choose. Satan, he just pushes himself and says, you're going to choose me. Yeah. And, you know, go back to the definition of love. If mm -hmm. you don't choose, it's not love in the yeah. first place. And so, because God's love, he lets you do it. Satan, on the other hand, is the opposite of love, and he pushes his agenda on you and takes your choice away. Yeah. I love that. You know, the... um what comes to mind, just kind of feeding on that that idea of uh, kind of evil, bad things in the world, or even bad choices that you make. Like there's, mm -hmm. you have this idea that well, if you, if you choose, you could choose God or you could choose not God, right? And to choose not God mm -hmm. or what His command is on your life, that's what we would call sin. Um, but sometimes I think there's a thought of like, well, if I choose not God, am I choosing Satan, right? Or am I choosing this evil? Or is there a chasm between God and Satan where there's this middle ground of just like, well, this is just my bad choice versus like, you know, thinking of Flip Wilson's, the devil made me do it, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if I choose yeah. not to follow God, did the devil make me not follow God? Was I manipulated into not following God? Or how did, how did my free will work into that mix? You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, that's a good question. And I, I think that we... We have to be careful, like Satan is very, very powerful, like you cannot deny yeah. that. But we also shouldn't just discount the fact that we do have this free will. Mm -hmm. You know, we you're right, we, we have the ability to not choose God if we want. Um, you know, I've just kind of found out that choosing God, uh, it seems that things just kind of work out better that way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. let's just keep doing that, um, even though... You know, I mess up all the time, but yeah. you know, my intent is to always choose God. So, yeah, you know, I, I think we need to be careful not to discount mm -hmm. our own actions. Are you know, if you just pass all of your bad actions and say, "Well, you know, that's Satan," you're not taking personal responsibility for a growth that you need to undergo. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And there's a, so getting back to the original idea. There's this idea that the closer mm -hmm. you get to Jesus, yeah. the more you get attacked spiritually. How have you seen this pan out? Yeah. So uh, I'm going to tell you a little story here. All right. Um, so my wife and I, several years back, uh, we got into teaching natural family planning. Mm -hmm. So we're a certified teaching couple. This is something that we studied for a long time to get certified to do this. And, you know, when we got into this ministry, it was just like, you know, this ministry has really helped us. How can we give back to some other couples and help them to get into this jump, uh, jump into this uh, idea, this culture? And so we worked really hard, got our certification, and then the organization that we t uh, teach through, uh, they were throwing some party and, and we just happened to be there. And so our teaching couple where we learned natural family planning, um, a guy 
my teaching couple, the man, came up to me during this party and he grabs my arm. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't really like being touched. And so he grabbed my arm and he kind of like pulled me over to a corner. And I'm like, hey, can you just like let go of my arm? And uh, he, I will never forget what he said. He pulls me into this corner at this party and he says, look, I just want to let you know that, uh, you know, we're really excited for you and Jen. You, know, you guys have put a lot of work into this. You've uh, had a lot of uh, blood, sweat and tears in this effort. And I think you guys are going to be great teaching couple. But I want to let you know that you are about to be viciously attacked. And I looked at him like just wait, what? Mm. Because my only goal was I just wanted to go and help some other couples. Yeah. And uh, I, I looked at him and I said, what what and he looks at me again he goes you are about to be viciously attacked um and he said satan hates the ministry that you're getting ready to get into and he's gonna attack you and the thing is is that he was right since then since getting that certification i then started working for the church then i got more hours in a different area of work in the church and the attacks since then have just escalated more and more like he was totally right i'm think God, he mm. warned me about this. Yeah. What what are what are some examples? Uh well, I was just gonna like define like a spiritual attack. Mm -hmm. A spiritual attack exactly. Like how would you define it? Yeah. How I would define it from this is literally from my own point of view. Um, it's that when Satan pokes at your innermost desires and takes them away from you in some way. Mm. So what I would say this is, is Satan is trying to take you from the light to the darkness, which he has the dominion over. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would kind of liken it to a slow chipping away at your faith so that you begin relying on yourself versus relying on God. Because, you know, Satan, he's trying to convince you, you don't need God. God's a terrible father. You can count on yourself. Yeah. Which is like, that's pride. Mm. No, you can't rely on yourself. You have to have God. Yeah. When you rely only on yourself, that's pride. And so what he's doing is he's chipping away at your faith so that you only rely on yourself. Got it. So uh, you mentioned that you get you and Jen have been personally attacked through your ministry. Um, mm -hmm. Could you give some examples of like how you've personally been spiritually attacked in your life? Sure. Yeah. Um, so that's a huge can of worms or a can of snakes, however yeah. you want to <laughs> look at it. <laughs> but um, you know, using the uh, the NFP, the Natural Family Planning, using NFP as an example. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we began using NFP and then we became this teaching couple and we have been working in that ministry now actively for over three years. So not a long time, but, you know, long enough. And I, but I believe in NFP. I believe in it wholeheartedly uh, to the point that I wanted to be certified to teach it with my wife. And we've helped a lot of couples to discover the beauty of it. Yeah. So. Since becoming entrenched into that culture, however, we have had, um, I, I would say, this is kind of where it starts. Since getting involved in that culture, we had a third child, hmm. and that third child was unexpected. Hmm. Now, we've also had a fourth who was expected, but we had this third who was unexpected. And when we conceived him, you know, you start thinking things like, well, well, wait a minute, isn't NFP effective? Like, is it ineffective? Um, 
no, it's not ineffective. It's just as effective. The thing is, is you have to remind yourself intellectually what you already know in your heart. Yeah. It is just as effective as the pill. It's even more effective than the contra condom. Contraception fails all the time. We just don't talk about that much because we have a remedy for it, which is abortion. Mm. In NFP, there's this different mindset that that stuff is just taken off the table. And so that feeds into this idea of maybe it's not as effective as they say it is, and maybe this is a big conspiracy. But then you also have this idea, you know, my wife's a teacher, like, we're not like rolling in it. <laughs> I work for the church. Um, and so you conceive this third child and you're like, well, you know, I, we never really want to have three kids. Can we afford three kids? Um, you know, and the, and the answer is like, yes, we can have three kids. We have successfully had three children so far. Mm -hmm. We have had, successfully had four children. And, you know, things are great. Like, yeah, it's stressful because they're kids. It's, it's a very hard job being a parent. Yeah. But, you know, it's great. And they're a great blessing to our family. You start then thinking, you know, is NFP a cult? Have we bought into a cult? Oh, my gosh. Have we bought into a cult? No. NFP is not a cult. Um, we bought what we bought into was the truth about what sexuality actually is. But mm. if you notice, so I kind of tried to walk you through this attack, and it doesn't yeah. really sound like a vicious attack. But if you notice, all those questions that I raised um, are about me, yeah, and my doubts. They're about my doubts about the truth, and they're all irrational, um, and they're all selfish in some way, shape, or form. So. For instance, is NFP effective? Well, can't we just contracept and have sex whenever we want with no consequence? No, because that's a selfish hmm. idea. Um, can we afford three kids? Can't we just stop at two and retire young and save our money? Well, why should we have to sacrifice more than we already are, right? Well, but that's like, that's like my problem, you know, it's our right to sacrifice. It's actually purifying to sacrifice for other people. That's that's what love is. Yeah. Um, you know, is NFP a cult or is it the truth? Like NFP is hard and being Catholic is hard. Like you're Catholic, um, being Catholic is hard. Mm -hmm. And and you know it is, but nothing worth Dorn has ever been easy. So, you know, why should we just take the easy way out when you know what the truth is. Yeah. And the last one is, you know, we shouldn't have to suffer like legit like this. And you know, I would push back and say, well, you know, Jesus suffered way worse than this. And yeah, but the rationale is well, you know, Jesus wouldn't expect us to suffer like this. Oh, yes he would. Um mm. he actually says, you know, not only did he suffer tremendously at our ex you know, at our expense, um he also says that you're going to suffer, like pick up your cross and carry it with me. Like, yes, the burden is light, but he also says, pick up your cross. Yeah. And so I think when you go back through this attack in the, in the, in the uh, time, you just start doubting and questioning everything and you get divided in things and the, the wife, like we start fighting about things, but then you have to remind yourself, yeah, no, this is the truth. Um, and all those questions that we raised, they were all selfish yeah. in nature, and they weren't turned and pointed towards God, which is where we're supposed to be focusing on. You know, two thoughts on that, Dave. First off, thank you for sharing that. Two, I have two mm -hmm. kind of follow-up thoughts. Like, as, you're, as you were going through that, did you know in the moment that it was a spiritual attack? That's the first question. And second question is... Um, how did you discern that it was 
kind of a spiritual attack that the devil was kind of orchestrating versus that is just the run of mill run of the mill of my own mind, my own thoughts kind of going going at it. Yeah. Well, so in the heat of the moment, no, I didn't realize it was a spiritual attack. And so I, I am really lucky mm-hmm. in that I have um, a really good spiritual mentor. Um, and actually just this week, uh, like tomorrow, uh, we are actually employing a spiritual director because, you know, as I said, the attacks have just gotten more and more intense, the more mm. and more close that we've gotten to God. Yeah. And so one of the advisors that we've got, they said, you know, you guys probably should look at a spiritual director to help you discern um, not only, you know, what is God calling you to do, what is an attack from Satan, but like maybe we're involved in too many ministries and we need help discerning. Maybe we just need to drop back from one of these for right now because we are a family of six. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we're really lucky that we have a good group of spiritual guides and advisors in our lives so that we were able to talk about these things with someone who yeah. wasn't going to judge us. And then they were able to say, you know, this might be something to pray about. Like, this might be Satan attacking you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after, you know, now my son is three years old. So we're talking, this was almost four years ago. Yeah. Um, so we're four years separated from those feelings. Um, it's, it is easy looking back now and saying that was Satan attacking us. But here was the cool thing about our son being born. It, it was such a stressful nine months. Like, I, gosh, I, you talk to my wife, she'll tell you I was a miserable yeah. SOB for nine straight months, man. Yeah. Like, no joke. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we can talk about this at some other time. But, you know, I had a, a personally, I had a really rough introduction to parenthood. Mm-hmm. And I've always had like this unease about having kids. And so when we uh, it conceived our third and um, I kind of just went into this really dark place, the most amazing thing happened that, and I, and I had never experienced it before, where he was born. So we're in the hospital, it was a C-section mm-hmm. and the doctor you know, pulls him out of gin and like hands him up to me. And you know, I, I cut the cord. That was the first baby I ever got to cut the cord for mm-hmm. was our third. Um, and I got to hold him and this, it was this moment. It, I have to be careful. This does not mean that I love this one more than the other ones. I love them all the same, but it was the first time in my life yeah. that I held my newborn child and it was this immediate sense of peace and this immediate sense of completeness yeah. that I had never felt before. And so it was just this, this turmoil and just at the moment it just all went away. Oh, Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, we'll have to. I know. I know your story personally, David. So, I know that what yeah. a big, what a big thing that is for you. It um, was big. Yeah. So, it, well, getting on to the, kind of the next thought here, uh, let's talk about the Catholic Church, since that's what the Church believes is the sure. fullness of truth, right? So, do you think that Satan is more aggressive the closer you are to the Catholic Church versus some other denominations of Christianity? Why or why not? Uh, actually. No, I don't think that Satan's attacks are more intense in the Catholic Church versus other denominations. Um, so I want to clarify that a little bit yeah, because, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, it, you know, I'm saying the closer you get to God and you're asking the closer you get to God, the more intense the attacks are. And I do believe that. And mm-hmm. I also believe that the Catholic Church is the fullness of the faith. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. But I know a lot of awesome non-Catholics. Yeah. I mean... I, I mean, I love them. Like, I, 
I love them. I do too. Um, and they love God and they love Jesus and they're on fire for God and for the Bible. Uh, you know, some of them, like they know the Bible way better than me. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm pretty well versed in the Bible. So, you know, I think that there's this spectrum and, you know, I think it's just when you get closer to God, you get attacked more. So I, I don't think it's exclusive to the Catholic Church. Got it. I, I think it's just, you know, when you get on fire, uh, you know, so I run the RCIA process here at my local parish. Mm-hmm. And my first warning out is, um, you know, so you're going to be going through this thing. And then there's going to be a point where you're going to get a hiccup. And it happens with everybody, every time, all the time. Mm-hmm. There's always a hiccup, and then it's like, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't be Catholic. And I have to counsel them back and say, well, you know, maybe now's not the right time, but let's work through this, and I'm here to walk with you and help you. Um, so, no, I don't think Satan is more aggressive to Catholics versus non-Catholics, but I do definitely believe that he's more aggressive the closer you get to God. Yeah. Yeah. Are there are there any ways that you um you would say being a Catholic that the attacks of Satan are stronger the cuz I know you had a uh, about where you were away from the Catholic Church. You mm-hmm. had around your wife you know was in the Methodist tradition. Mm-hmm. Is there in what ways um I guess were the attacks potentially stronger if they were stronger when you were going through that process of coming back into the Catholic Church? Yeah, you know I think at the time when Jen was coming into the church and I was reverting mm. to the church, um, I, I think I might have been kind of unaware of the gravity of what we were doing. Yeah. And so I can't really speak specifically about attacks that were happening at that moment. Yeah. Um, but I can definitely speak specifically to, you know, after she got confirmed. You know, for instance, I for instance you know, for the first 10 years of our marriage, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't go to church. Yeah. And, you know, you're you're right. I walked away from the church for a long time. My wife was raised in Christian tradition, and we just kind of, I don't know. I, I Maybe a lot of teenagers do this. A lot of, like, early 20s do this. They walk away, and they're like, what's this matter? Who cares? Yeah. Um, and so when Jen was going through RCIA and she got confirmed, you know, so she has the Easter vigil, and then she calls her parents and said, hey, so uh, I became Catholic last night. Mm-hmm. And what our thought was, was, you know, that her parents would be really happy yeah. just that we're going to church. Like, oh, you know, good, good job going back to church, right? Um, we didn't really think about the division of Catholicism, non-Catholicism. We didn't think about it like that. Mm. It was just, you know, hey, we're going back to church, and we're on fire, and, you know, we're going to do our best to, you know, be better at Christianity mm-hmm. from now on. Yeah. And what we were really surprised with is uh, the upheaval mm. that followed that. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of hurt feelings that uh, occurred because Jen converted, you know, like abandoning her family tradition, so yeah. to speak, um, coming into my family tradition, so to speak. Um, and I think that that could be kind of pointed at as a spiritual attack, but I, I would say that we were so naive at that point to what an attack even was that I couldn't really identify it like that. Yeah. But yeah. It, it could be in some way because it is, it's sowing this division, right? Mm-hmm. And it's questioning, you know, well, you know, is mom and dad, are they really important to me? Like, 
Yeah. Yes, of course, they're my parents. <laughs> oh, obey your father and mother, as the scripture says, right? That comes into play Absolutely. too. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Dave, this has been awesome, really insightful, lots to think about. And I feel like there's some follow-up uh, conversations that we'll have to have on this because this is such an interesting topic too. And like you said at the beginning, you know, it's like a lot of it's inductive, you know, it's this, mm-hmm. it's uh, indirect approach that you have to kind of think about and you're taking into account a bunch of different ideas about about the uh, about the person of the devil and, and spiritual attacks, yeah. things like that. So I appreciate you opening up and sharing with us uh, for this sure. episode. So thank you so much. You bet. Awesome. For everybody listening, wherever you might be listening at, definitely hit that like button and pound that subscribe button, like you mean it, so you can continue to get more of this awesome content. Ring that little bell so you get notifications. Every two weeks, we're dumping out new episodes this year. We got some great guests on. And if you're listening on iTunes, definitely head over to iTunes, leave some reviews. They definitely help the algorithm so more people can hear the content that we're putting out here. From all of us here at the Practical Season Podcast, we'll talk to you soon.